Welcome to the Zen Crypto Show, where we explain cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology in simple terms, so you can feel comfortable interacting with and investing in crypto. I'm your host, Sebastian Couture. Cryptocurrencies are on the rise, and more and more people are turning to cryptos as a means of payment and a form of investment. But did you know that there are many types of cryptocurrencies that serve different purposes? In this episode, we'll talk about cryptocurrencies in three parts. First, I'll lay out the properties of cryptocurrencies. Second, we'll look at how cryptocurrencies are used. And finally, we'll describe tokens and how they're used by decentralized applications. Let's get started. In previous episodes, we already learned that cryptocurrencies exist on blockchains and that unlike fiat money, which we use in our day-to-day lives, they aren't issued by central banks and they're transparent and programmable. There are thousands of different cryptocurrencies, but at a basic level, a cryptocurrency is a digital currency which you can use to transact with others. Just as you can use PayPal or Venmo to send money to people and businesses, you can do the same with cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrency is a combination of the words cryptography and currency, and this is because they rely heavily on cryptography to work. Cryptography is a way to protect information and communications through the use of secret codes so that only those for whom information is intended can read it. They make use of advanced cryptography techniques that have been used in civilian, industrial, government, and military applications going as far back as the 1970s. And actually, we interact with cryptography hundreds of times per day without even realizing it. It's in our phones and computers, in our credit cards, in our cars, and on our TVs. The fundamental difference between cryptocurrencies and other currencies like the U.S. dollar is that they are not controlled or issued by a central bank or company, and they can't be created at will. The word to describe this is decentralized, as in, there is no central point of control. Things which are decentralized are more resistant to shutdown or censorship. Big banks, internet companies, and governments are constantly under attack by hackers and foreign powers. Being centralized makes them vulnerable and easy to target. But when a system is decentralized, it's much more robust and difficult to shut down because one would need to attack every participant in the system to censor it or shut it down. Bitcoin was the first true pioneer in allowing people to transact without the need for a trusted intermediary. In other words, a middleman. This is something which, until then, hadn't been possible online. Bitcoin was the first version of decentralized digital money. It's decentralized because thousands of individual computers, or nodes, keep a copy of the database and work together to update changes simultaneously. If one node goes offline, the others continue to operate 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And transactions happen peer-to-peer, which means that it's person-to-person or person-to-business. And peer-to-peer is an important term to remember in this series, and it means that information or value is exchanged directly between two parties. There is no middleman to intermediate transactions. Another important property of cryptocurrencies is that they're permissionless. That means anyone can use them, interact with them, or participate in securing the network 
without the permission or prior verification of a company or organization. They're truly open systems, which I guess you could say exist for the good of humanity. Think of them as a sort of global public good, like city roads or even the internet itself. They exist so that anyone can use them. So to wrap up, cryptocurrencies use cryptography to create a digital currency which is decentralized, peer-to-peer, always on, and permissionless. Since the invention of Bitcoin, there has been a massive proliferation of projects which compete or innovate on its original idea. The one thing they have in common, though, is this idea of decentralization. We already discussed in previous episodes that Bitcoin is a decentralized digital gold and that Ethereum is a decentralized world computer. Since this idea of decentralized digital currencies took hold, people have extended the concept to decentralize all sorts of things, like social networks, financial markets, and even companies and organizations. At the center of all these projects, there's a cryptocurrency, which can serve different functions depending on the project. The primary use for cryptocurrencies is money. This is the Bitcoin vision, and it's what many projects have tried to emulate or copy. Litecoin, Zcash, Bitcoin Cash, and Dogecoin are all different copies of Bitcoin, which have slightly different visions and different features, but ultimately their goal is to be used as a form of decentralized money, so a store of value or a medium of exchange. In the crypto world, we sometimes call these altcoins, which is short for alternative coins, and there are hundreds of these projects. Some are serious, and some are all-out scams. So be sure to do your own research before buying any of these. Ethereum introduced the notion of programmability and the ability to write programs which run on a decentralized computer. The computer is operated by thousands of nodes which operate in sync to run applications built by developers. The Ether cryptocurrency can be used as money, just like Bitcoin. It can act as a store of value and a medium of exchange. But it also acts a little bit like a commodity. Remember, a commodity is a type of money which has intrinsic value, which means you can do something with it, just like gold, rice, or wood. We saw in episode 2 that ether is the gas which fuels the world computer. When someone wants to deploy an application on Ethereum, or every time you interact with an application, you need to pay some fees in ether. This is where ether's commodity-like properties come into play. One thing is certain, on any blockchain platform, the cryptocurrency is used to pay miners to secure the network. Remember, we already discussed how miners receive an incentive for validating transactions. On the Bitcoin blockchain, they're paid with the Bitcoin cryptocurrency. On the Ethereum blockchain, they're paid in Ether. And other blockchains have their own cryptocurrencies, which are used to pay miners for securing the network. So cryptocurrencies can sometimes act like money, and sometimes like commodities, and sometimes like investment products. It depends on who you ask and how they're using them. In the last section, we talked about Ethereum and how it allows developers to build decentralized applications. People and companies are building decentralized trading services, lending markets, 
crowdfunding platforms, and even social media platforms. These applications can have their own currencies, which create sort of mini economies within these apps. These are called tokens. Let's dive a little deeper with a simple analogy. Imagine if Instagram had its own currency. Anytime you like a post, you would also send that person Instacoins, which would show up in their Instagram wallet. And when you post great content, people would like your posts by sending you Instacoins as well. This would create an incentive for people to post great content because the more likes you get, the more coins you would have. These coins could have other uses as well. When products advertise on Instagram, people could buy those products with their Instacoins. You could also use them to buy special stickers for your Instagram stories and things like that. And influencers with millions of followers and lots of Instacoins could organize contests and even help fund new upcoming artists and influencers. And advertisers, well, they would pay influencers with Instacoins to get their products featured. You see what we're creating here? It's like a microeconomy which exists inside Instagram. And as Instagram grows, more people would use Instacoins and the value of those coins would appreciate. This is one example of how decentralized applications are using tokens. But instead of a centralized company like Instagram issuing the coins and deciding how many get created, kind of like a central bank, decentralized applications issue tokens based on transparent and strictly enforced rules. So what are some concrete examples of decentralized applications and their use of tokens? One example is decentralized financial exchanges. We're all familiar with the concept of a stock market. They list company stocks, and they're the central place where those assets get traded. Companies in the crypto ecosystem are building applications which resemble decentralized versions of stock markets. So instead of a company running the exchange and executing people's trades, the blockchain is replacing the middleman and the trades are being executed peer-to-peer on the world computer. These decentralized exchanges allow people to trade different cryptocurrencies and tokens. So, for example, you can trade Bitcoin for Ether. Many of these decentralized exchanges have their own tokens, which, just like in our Instagram example, create microeconomies within those ecosystems. When people make trades, they get rewarded in the token of that exchange, and they can use that token to pay for exchange fees. Another thing they can do with their tokens is vote on improvements and new features. So heavy users of decentralized exchanges who have lots of tokens can positively influence the features which get built by voting on improvement proposals. Imagine if on Facebook or Instagram, you could vote on features that get built on the product. This is essentially what decentralized applications enable. Tokens play a central role in the ecosystem of decentralized applications, which are sort of micro-economies that exist within those ecosystems. Another interesting use for tokens is to represent things in the physical world. So, for example, a token can represent shares in a vacation property. Those who hold the token can receive dividends when the vacation property generates income. And because it's built on a blockchain, Dividends are paid automatically and instantly, 
without a middleman intermediating that payment. The benefit we get from having these tokens on a blockchain is that they're easy to transfer, just like any cryptocurrency, and they can be sold on the open market. So in summary, a token is an application-specific financial asset which can serve different purposes. When it's used in a decentralized application, a token can act as a form of loyalty point, a voting right, or a payment method. They're essentially an economic instrument for that app. And when they're used as representations of something in the real world, like real estate or gold, they act more like a representative currency, which we explained in episode three. And by putting these representative tokens on a blockchain, we get the benefits of transparency, programmability, and instant transferability. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Zen Crypto Show, which is produced by Zengo, where you can buy, sell, trade, and earn cryptocurrencies with mind-bending simplicity and safety. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and let us know what you learned by leaving a review. And if you'd like to suggest a topic for future episodes, email podcast at zengo.com. Until next time, stay zen.